and welcome to Unconventional Pause. In today's episode, we are going to talk to you about how you can arrange your exchange or study abroad stay. In different ways. We have both experienced those kind of things, but in different ways. So Hannah did like a study abroad in university, whereas I did it in school as an exchange student. So we both went abroad as exchange students to a different school or university, and we kind of want to share our knowledge and experience with you guys today. So we're going to start with my experience on school exchange, simply because we're just going to go into chronological order, because that kind of makes the most sense to us right now. I mean, we could also go the other way around, but it doesn't really matter. Um, so yeah, I think I should just start talking about it properly. <laughs> yeah, that seems good. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you? I was just thinking. Do you want to ask a question about it as well? Yeah. So. And so I should. I just start talking, and then you can just ask me questions. We didn't really settle that beforehand, which maybe should have. That would have been a good idea. I can also just ask you questions so that it's quite structured. I can also just talk. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Um. Maybe let me just start like this how I kind of made the decision maybe not just how I made the decision but maybe what I did and what people can do to go abroad in school so basically these days at least in Germany I know it's quite common I know it's not common in every country but I feel like it's becoming more like popular to do an exchange year as a high schooler so what that means is that you go to a different country for a period between three to ten months normally I think that's kind of like most people choose between three and ten months and you go to a different country you stay with a host family so you stay with people you've never met before basically and you go to a high school in a different country so you kind of have the whole experience of living abroad while still being in school which is quite cool but it's also not easy and I imagine that it's really scary because you're quite young still and then you're making a decision to not only be far away from your parents, which you probably at that point have never been, but also from your friends and everything that you know. How is how is that? Oh, definitely. I mean, I was 17 when I did my exchange. Um, quick side note to that. So I will go into more detail later on. But I was 17 when I went. So I just turned 17 and I went for six months to England. And it's scary. I, I mean, it's scary as fuck, of course, because, you know, I was like firstly really excited but I remember the second day it really hit me that I did not know a single soul in Gloucester I was like I'm here all by myself and I'm 17 <laughs> like what am I doing um what I find even more like amazing is like I know friends of mine who did it when they were like 15 which I mean I went and did like exchange an exchange when I was 14 but I was like two weeks like there's a difference between two weeks and 10 months, like a massive difference. Yeah, it's so, like a summer holiday camp or something. Yeah, exactly. But like six, 10 months, that's like insane. Um, so yeah, I'd definitely say it is quite challenging in that regard. Uh, that's also help you a lot in personal growth. You have to kind of grow up and at the same time, I feel like in some ways, because you have to be more responsible for yourself. But it's also nice because... I don't know you kind of see it like I personally felt like I experienced a different way of being a teenager as well 
because obviously like teenage life they're like things that are the same everywhere but there are quite big differences as well between England and Germany so I just felt like I was put into like some tv movie or something because some things were just more like you would see them on tv than they are in Germany like you would okay this was a bit confusing but like when I was a child I would always watch like British and American tv and how high school is portrayed in there is quite different to how it is in Germany so when I went abroad to a high school in England I felt really like oh this is so cool like I'm wearing school uniform we've got like the cafeteria and you've got like the cool kids you've got like the nerds you've got like the different groups which is not really big I wouldn't say you've got like a big distinction in groups in Germany which I can go into more detail at another point of the time but I feel like that's quite a big difference and whether that's good or not is another question but it was quite interesting to see how different it is and I was really excited um say it's actually like it is portrayed in movies if I because like I know that I was always so impressed and amazed by it and I was like wow that must be so cool so in my head high school in England or the US is just like it is in those movies but obviously I have no reference I would say I mean I have no experience with high school in America what I hear from a few of my friends because I've got quite a few friends who went to America for a year all of them said it's pretty much like it is portrayed in the films as unbelievable as it sounds um because I'm not saying it's unbelievable it's just like I would always think oh like movies kind of exaggerate or like you know just yeah it's like reality can like but apparently it is quite reality like with Britain I'd say 50 50 depends where you've got your education on British schools from if you get that from American movies yeah nah forget it um probably where I got mine from <laughs> <laughs> I think from if you get it from British TV different story you kind of I feel like you have a bit more of a um idea what you're getting yourself into at the same time, you never really know what you're getting yourself into because there are a lot of things you just don't think about. Um, but it was quite interesting. Like when I went there, originally it was said that I don't have to wear school uniform because I'm in sixth form. And you do, and as far as I'm aware and what I know is that in England, at least, you always wear school uniform up till um, end of GCSE. But then some schools do school uniform for sixth form and some don't. Um, for all our non-British people, sixth form is the British kind of equivalent to high school, I'd say, because that's like, yeah. Um, so some school, and yeah, some schools do school uniform for sixth form, some don't. Um, originally, I thought mine didn't. I was really pleased to find out they did because the experience, I was really buzzing. I did, I can it was so funny because I was so excited about wearing a school uniform but then I think three months in I literally had a complete crisis about the school uniform because I was like oh my god I cannot see the school uniform anymore I need to wear something else um but that's just a funny side note um maybe now that I kind of shared a bit of my experience how like I feel like the most like the biggest question that pops into my hat right now is how to organize an exchange like this because it's not like it kind of just appears. I know sometimes schools do organise those kind of exchanges. In my case, that wasn't the case. So what I did is I noticed I wanted to go to England for a while and study there at school. So I used my best friend Google and just typed in England Exchange. And I found some organisations who basically organise those kind of exchanges for you. 
and there are plenty of them out there these days and they like what they do kind of varies like they I mean the basic thing what they all do is they will organize your exchange for you so they will find your host family in the country that you want to go to they will help you sort out the legal stuff they will um register you out of school and make sure you know that's kind of figured out um some organizations do even more than this and some a bit less um i would say mine was quite good because it organized everything relatively well also back in days before brexit it was quite easy still to do an exchange to britain so there wasn't that much to organize back when i organized it we didn't even know brexit was going to happen um good old days um but yeah, so they kind of organized that for me. Um, how it worked in my case was I had an organization in Germany who cooperated with one in England. So they kind of, so basically I had two companies I kind of worked with in that sense. So they kind of looked out for me. Um, so after I found my organization, I applied, I had like um, a meeting with them where I kind of introduced myself and they kind of, I had to make like an English test, but the English test, like, obviously it could also be like just a language test in any other language depending where you want to go um in my case it wasn't about judging whether i'm good enough but it was just oh do you want to say something what a question can i finish the sentence yeah um in my case it wasn't about to see whether i'm good enough in english it was just to kind of see how good i am so they can kind of put that into my application and you know adjust me accordingly to where they're going to put me I guess then now you've answered the question because I know oh. that one of my friends from school did her exchange in Mexico and she said she knew no Spanish before she went so then when you now said you had to take a test I was like oh but how did that work then but I guess she just said she doesn't know any Spanish and then they prepared her yeah. for it. Fair yeah in my case I just had to kind of show them how well I speak English so they can kind of adjust my um I was about to say advertisement it's not like they advertised me like take this <laughs> German girl in she needs to learn um not quite but um so I had that kind of sort of English test happening there um and then after it was pretty easy so they were just like yeah we're sorting this out you needed to send in some forms um yeah you had some phone calls all pretty straightforward um I have to make one mark um like one notion here and that is that I obviously paid for the exchange, so it wasn't free, unfortunately. There are, although there are scholarships available, I must admit I'm not too familiar with it because um, I looked into them and most of them, I thought I had no chance looking back at it. I should have looked into them more because there are lots of them and, you know, they are not just giving them out to people who are like really, really poor. Like you also have like a chance in diff like they get different categories for scholarships yes Anna. <laughs> <laughs> um that brings me right to my next question because so you would probably not say that it's only for rich kids in that sense because i think that's how i always perceived it at my school especially i would definitely not say so i would say obviously it is easier for people that have money because those i don't want to say exactly what i paid but you do pay i think normally between depending where you go how long you go if you pay six thousands for three months that's quite cheap so so take kind of, thousand a month more or less yeah you kind of it depends you go between six and up to twenty thousand 
okay. I would say I would say it's technically more expensive to go for a short period for six months because you only pay a bit, little bit less than you would if you would go for 10. So technically, if you want to get the most for your money, you should actually go for a longer period of time. I decided against that just because of, um, because of school and things like that. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for six months. But technically speaking, if you look at the money side, it would make more sense to go for 10 months. Mm-hmm. Because I think most companies are around 15k for like 10 months, but more, but less. Um, yeah, but if a company is too cheap, question why they are, because then there is probably something off. So what would you think is too cheap? I think for 10 months, anything under 13,000, 14,000. I, I don't want to say it necessarily has to be shit, but I would definitely look into it. And like, in general, I'd say when it comes to the organization, because there are so many out there, I would always look into like a lot of like shed for like places and really research online what other people say about that um, company. Because I was, I would say I was quite lucky with mine. Um, mine didn't actually do that much while I was in England. So what they did beforehand was obviously organizing the whole thing for me. We had like a meeting with a lot of people who would go abroad the same time as me in Berlin, like a month before I flew flew same if I were before I was flying to England um where I met other people who went to England as well but also other people who just went to I don't know Australia Africa and all sorts of places mm-hmm. and they kind of prepared us for moving abroad for a while and then apart from that when I got to England the only interaction I had with my um, organization um, was my um, local coordinator and your local coordinator is basically a person outside of your host family that works for the organization you came with or like their partner organization and they check up on you at least once a month but that's what they do in like theory my local coordinator and I met once a month in my school and she would just ask me how everything is going if I have any issues in school or with my host family or in general and then you could talk to them and you kind of would you know they help you so for example, if you have issues with your host family, they help you sort that out, whether it is talking to your host family or actually placing you in a new family. Um, I've got stories from friends in that um, respect. I was lucky that me and my host mom, we got along so well. I had the best time with her, no issues whatsoever. But I also know a lot of people who kind of ended up on the other spec- side of the spectrum, which is where things can get really tricky and hard. I think I can go into that a bit in more detail later. Um, I'm going to finish everything you kind of need to know about organizations first. So um, basically your local coordinator checks up on you once a month. Like I said, that's not always the case. I also know people where they only met their local coordinator like every three months or like just three times in total. Some of them do one-on-one meetings, some do group meetings. That's kind of handled really differently. It also depends on the partner organization your organization has in that country. So I would definitely also look into that. Um, my organ, the organ, like the German organization I was like going with, they worked with two organizations in Britain and depending how long you would stay, they had different organizations. And I think I was, I ended up with the better one because that was the one that took me in for six months. 
the other one only did like 10 months um pe like people staying 10 months and I heard it wasn't as good with them but mine was quite good and in general I was quite lucky with my organization even though they didn't do that much like they didn't like for example my other exchange friends that I met in Gloucester their organization would like do trips with all the exchange students in the same area and would like do fancy things like that yeah my organization didn't they basically didn't really interfere with my life but I'm not gonna lie I didn't mind that at all because it felt more like a normal life there yeah yeah I can imagine because like otherwise it's it's almost like an arranged holiday maybe which is yeah. not really it doesn't sound like a bad thing but I guess you made the experience of actually feeling like you live there yeah exactly so that was quite nice um so that's kind of how you get to have an exchange you kind of sign up for it with an organization and then kind of roll from there that's really simplified but um yeah we had a more detailed version earlier um and then you get there and you go to school in a different country and i must say it's the best and the worst ever because the first part, couple of weeks i had no idea what was what was going on because no one really took the time to explain to me how the school system works like I had a basic idea, but you still get there. And you, even though you know, like the main facts, you just get there and you're like, what the F is happening? Like, what am I supposed to do? Um, I mean, you get the hang of it. It's really exciting to get to know it because it is like German sixth form is quite different to British sixth form. I'd say back then it seemed even more different to me because when I went, I was in year 11 and I still did 13 years. And in Germany, it kind of depends which school you go to, whether you do two years of sixth form or three. Um, you've got the same qualifications at the end. But in my case, it meant that my year 11 was still like middle school and not as free as the last two years of school, where you kind of pick your courses more like you like them. And it's kind of you've got more free hours in between. So I hadn't exp really experienced that before. And then I went to England and they already had entered that stage that I hadn't entered in Germany yet. So obviously that was exciting as well because it was a bit more freedom. You had more like three hours in between and I could my pick my classes a bit more like I like. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, it was interesting to just go there because it is, I'm trying to think of stories that I could tell, but I feel like if I start now, I won't stop and we can't, it's just gonna get too long. But- um, Last five hours. <laughs> <laughs> honestly I could go on for hours about stories from my exchange but maybe we can do that in the end then we can kind of the story time or something because like oh, yeah. got one episode of like the organizational stuff and mm -hmm. then we, we can still do story times the story time next week hey so we'll stay if you're interested tune in next week what a story time um I'm thinking what else we oh I just forgot what else um, we said we wanted to mention about the organizational stuff. Because I've got the organization, then you're there. Um, and that's basically it really with a school exchange because that's kind of how you organize it. Yeah. Was it um, in terms of grades? I think that changes probably from country to country. But did you feel a big difference to how hard you had to work for an A or a B or? I mean... To be plainly, um, I was lucky that my grades didn't matter because I didn't really put that much effort in them. Um, because enjoying life. I was really just enjoying life. I was I was putting effort in because obviously I wanted to learn and you get the most out of it if you try. And I did learn a lot, but I had no idea how the school system works. 
yeah. like how it really really works like obviously I knew the theory but theory and practice two different pair of shoes so I was a bit lost and I remember my maths teacher came up to me five weeks in and he's like yeah I don't think you can take the final exam because you have too much to ke- catching up to do and I don't think it's worth it and I think he was right I mean I could have made it but like I came in the middle of the year and they already had covered all the basic stuff and by the time I would have catched up on that because I hadn't had done that in Germany yet I think I would have wasted more time catching up on grades that didn't matter yeah um so obviously it seemed more hard um I would say at the end it probably isn't like I would say it's in relatively similar level but obviously you've got a language barrier and when I came to England like I would say my English was decent but I think I mentioned this before I literally did not understand a single word for the two first weeks like the first two weeks I was just like what is everyone trying to tell me like I understood the words but half the time I was like what are you wanting from me like I don't know (laughs) just because of accents and cultural differences so obviously then doing homework and all that became a massive challenge also I did the thing that I also took Spanish in England I don't know what like it was good in the end I did it but that was that was really hard the first three months because you know you jingle with like between German and English and all of a sudden you've got Spanish in there and you're just like why am I doing this to myself Ugh. you love it yeah we love it Ugh. but yeah so I would say I did notice a big difference but that was mainly because of cultural and languageal barriers I see. Hmm. I maybe I feel like that might be interesting to say like the like pros or like the good sides of going abroad in school because I think personally I remember when I was young I would always I was always saying no I'm not gonna do it I literally decided quite like last minute um before the end of like you like you kind of normally have to apply 10 like between I would say 9 to 12 months in advance and I was quite late with mine so I think I was like I mean I was a year in advance but only because I wanted to do half a year and I knew I wanted to do the second term and not the first term of the year but um well where was I heading oh so just for everyone to know kind of the structure how like how much in advance you have to apply yes benefits of going in school that's the point I wanted to make gosh I'm so sorry guys my brain is just all over because I've got so much I want to say to about this but um I think the best thing is that you kind of grow while still in your teenage years and I personally feel like it really helped me to become more self-confident in my person and I I kind of felt like I was living the high school dream for six months like the first two months were really really hard but then overall I felt a bit like in a dream and it was just a fun time in between because especially my grades didn't matter and all of that I mean it depends on your home school if they want you to achieve a certain set of grades but my school was luckily quite chill so I could just basically enjoy my time in England and it was just nice kind of having a break but still learning so much and just experiencing so much that you hear from in reality and I think it also influenced, it clearly also influenced how I approached university because it is because of my England exchange that I ended up in Scotland. 
I don't I don't know I don't want to say I wouldn't have ended up a scholar but I don't like I feel like the chances of me ending up in Scotland would have been really really small I don't know if I really would have ended up in Scotland if it wasn't for England so I feel like it helps you open up your horizon and not be too scared that's really good yeah but yeah maybe consider doing an exchange in school in case you're still going to school oh my god I just noticed that I pronounced horizon so German because I think I said more like horizon like the German <laughs> didn't I oh uh, you can tell it's time for me to get back to Scotland it is. Oh, don't even get me started. Anyway, Hannah, are you ready to share with us your experience on Erasmus? So, how do you organise exchange in university? So, I think maybe I'll start with why you should even consider doing it. Because mm. the way that it was explained to us when we were in the position was that a semester abroad is good in terms of showing your ability of excelling under new circumstances because then at uni in comparison to what you just explained about the school situation um your grades still matter and you still should try to um achieve good grades because they will be on your transcript in the end so <laughs> um pressure, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah exactly no so yeah that is what they said to us. That's why, and obviously you you broaden your horizon in terms of intercultural um, competences and that kind of stuff. So then the next thing that I think can be different from study course to study course is whether the semester abroad is part of your, of your curriculum or not, because that then determines, for me, I, that is, for me, that was the reason more or less why I chose the subject that I wanted to study. So I, I know I mentioned it earlier, but just a little reminder, I studied international business administration. And because of that international bit, you had to do a semester abroad just to show that you studied abroad. So you're actually international. <laughs> and um, the difficulty with that in comparison to someone who just does a semester abroad for fun um, is that you have to make sure that the courses that you take and the credits that you take match with your curriculum at home. So for me, um, my majors were international marketing and international management. And when I then went abroad, it was important to see what was my first major. So then that kind of determined the balance of the courses that I had to, that I had to take in that subject abroad and it was a bit complicated but you easily get the hang of it and most universities have a good coordinator for that kind of stuff so we were working closely with our coordinators so we prepared all the information we looked at the courses that we wanted to take because you also have to check the module description and make sure that that more or less is what you should have done at your home university so but I think yeah most universities are helping you with that type with that kind of stuff so that's really good what was the most difficult part about that because I heard of some friends of mine who organized their exchange last year and obviously due to COVID I think 99% of those kind of things didn't happen but um, I heard of some people who struggled with like um, tutors not really helping or like finding the courses how did you experience that? You said your university was quite helpful, but did you have any trouble still? I think I found it really difficult at first because we had um, like a module that was almost called preparation for your exchange. Mm -hmm. 
and they explained everything at first and they also made us fill out one of those sheets like it's called learning agreement so we had to fill that out as a practice but i didn't understand it in that session <laughs> i was just sitting there with my group and someone managed do you know when you're at uni and sometimes you just think i'll look at it later on and then i'll just understand it it's just right now i don't but then i was at home and i was like cool i still don't get it <laughs> but then i guess you can easily read up on it it's it's honestly it's not that hard it's a bit daunting at first because it seems really complicated but it really isn't you need to check the module descriptions and then just kind of juggle about the credit points fair <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure there's good youtube videos on it i mean i personally haven't looked, but I'm pretty sure there's YouTube videos on everything. And I'm sure one person must have done that. I'm sure. And I feel like that's one of the things that will be maybe tricky. But at the end of the day, I feel like sooner or later we'll find help from your university. So I feel like that's going to be okay. Yeah. And maybe I'm uh, getting a bit ahead of myself here. But um, so you have one learning agreement before you leave. And then once you get there, you have to send to your home university a new learning agreement, which might be the same as the first one in case you didn't change anything. But for me, I went to France and at, um, initially I didn't take a French course because I didn't get any credits for it because I had to take business French at uni. So that was covered and that normal French course would have been below my actual level. So I didn't get any credits for it. But then when I got there, I was like, I'm in France and I'm not taking a French language course. That feels weird. So I just mm -hmm. did it as an extracurricular activity, but you need to change your learning agreement for it. So <laughs> at first I was like, no, what am I doing? But in the end, it really wasn't bad at all. I feel like that's one of the things you learn with these like exchanges in general. A lot of things seem so daunting. But you kind of you like literally thrown into the water and you just have to swim and you will be fine it just really like oh at first yeah and don't feel like don't feel bad about bothering your coordinator if you have one i know that because our coordinators had such high volumes of exchange students because obviously my whole year was going abroad and then they always also have some from the previous and uh, the following year that are also going so it was such high volumes and they didn't have that much time. So at times they were really, really stressed. And that obviously also reflected on their mood when we were asking stupid questions, which I can assure you, they were silly questions. Um, they must have felt like we were wasting their time. But if you don't understand it, you don't understand it. Just ask and like maybe be a bit more tolerant with someone else's bad mood. But, <laughs> but because if you don't ask, you won't understand it. But you need to understand it because otherwise you can't go. Yeah, like yeah. one of the things. I mean, even if you don't understand, like sooner or later you will probably get into trouble if you don't. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So um, I just realised I more or less started in the middle of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the learning agreement is a major point of um, your study course, and it does matter, like I said, with the courses. But at first, you obviously, usually you get three choices. If you do an Erasmus, you get three choices of um, unis that you can apply for. And you need to write a motivational letter of why you want to go there. And I think um, it is always good to really look into the modules, why you actually want to go there, not just the country. Obviously, the country plays a major role in it. But then you're at uni, this might determine your later job 
So the modules are obviously also really important because if you want to do finance, you might pick finance modules. If that uni doesn't offer the right ones, you might not want to go there. So I think um, a good tip for your uh, motivational letter would be to refer to the country that you want to go to as well as the subjects that you want to study there. And like I said, you get three choices. I think my first one was Lyon. My second one must have been Peach in Hungary. And the third one was, I have no idea how to pronounce this, <laughs> Kuopio in Finland. <laughs> and yeah, so far, um, so the way it works normally, if your motivational letter is good, it matters, uh, the grades are what matters um, for the decision. So the better your grades, the higher your chances. And I knew because at first I wanted to go the previous year, but then I decided to just wait another year. But so basically I went through not the process because I didn't apply the first time, but um, I kind of went through the process with my friends who went earlier and then went through it myself. And I noticed that in our university, they made um, a, dis a distinguished, they distinguished between um, unis so and um, a good example would be Mexico I'm not sure if that's the same everywhere in Mexico but the uni that was our partner university had a reputation of being really chilled you don't have to do anything you're basically traveling all the time you don't have to attend your courses and you'll get straight A's mm -hmm. so they said obviously many people wanted to go to Mexico and then with France it was more the picture that they portrayed was more yeah guys so if you go to France you'll be studying a lot and you might not get the grades that you are studying for. So if you want, make sure you really want to go to France or maybe pick a different country. So I was lucky in a way because I knew I wanted to go to France. I wanted it so badly. Um, and because they made it sound so difficult um, different things happened. So first of all, not many people applied. So my grades didn't really matter that much anymore. I think I've, I would have still managed anyways, but it is obviously, if you really want something, it is helpful to know that not many others are going to be applying for it because that obviously increases your chances. And then also, um, there were unis in France that offered just English courses, which would have been good if your English wasn't that good. But or because otherwise, I mean, think about it, you'd have to study in French. That can be quite difficult. Um, so yeah, I went to a uni where my courses were in English, but I still got to take the French language course, like I said earlier. Um, and I completely lost where I was heading with this. But that's basically how it goes. You write a motivational letter, you pick your three countries, and then you pray that you get the one that you wanted. <laughs> I love that how we both kind of just keep getting <laughs> in stories but that's just what happens with these things i think you're so passionate about it because it was such a good time that you just want to share everything and then you're like hang on i had a thought behind this there was a reason why i wanted to share this but yeah i feel like we definitely need the story time because i feel like we've got too much to share yeah um maybe how is it like to arrive in france then after you got like the confirmation how was the finding a place to live? Because I feel like that's quite different to when you go abroad in school, that you have to sort that out yourself. Um, so the uni offered student accommodation, as in they they told you about it and then you kind of had to arrange it yourself. And there was, oh, don't quote me on it, but I think 
three that were popular for my uni and then there's two other unis or maybe even three other unis there's so many unis in Lyon and they all have student accommodation but the ones that were most popular for us it was three and then I just went with the cheapest one because I was like I'm not gonna spend all my money on accommodation when I'm probably not gonna spend that much time there it's just four months mm -hmm. so and it wasn't actually a bad choice because I know that my boyfriend for example he went with a really really expensive one and his room was different in a way that I my room was tiny I arrived and I was laughing so hard <laughs> I, honestly I was in such a good mindset I was so appreciative of everything I didn't mind but it was still so funny when you get there and apparently it was like an ensuite bathroom um but I opened the bathroom door and there was like basically one circle which was the shower and the toilet was halfway in the shower <laughs> so it was really um well yeah so for him the difference was that he had a kitchen in his room too whereas i had to share the kitchen with everyone else on my floor so it, often it was really messy there was no oven there was literally just uh the stove but it was fine it's like i said it's only four months you can eat out normally when it's not COVID times <laughs> yeah but for him for example um the the rules were really different too so they weren't allowed to have anyone come visit them after 10 or be so if you ever wanted to go out you could never meet at their place and everyone had to show the id when they wanted to enter the building it was really really strict whereas for us we were on a hill so it was so far away from everything it was like a 45 minute walk to the city center <laughs> um mm. But no one cared about what we were doing. It was really fun. It was good fun. That does sound quite adventurous, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was. Mm. It was uphill as well, so maybe that's why it took so long. Mm. That sounds a bit like my student accommodation in first year, because um, everyone who goes to um, Aberdeen Uni knows the famous Hill Had, which is called Hill Had, because it is on a hill, and it's like yeah it's fun walking up there um yeah it's always okay if you've got a group to walk with oh yeah yeah i think the other thing that might be um interesting is the organization and the way it works like how many courses do you have with just erasmus students or is there um for in my case french students as well and i think it was really well spread out for me because I had some courses where there was mostly Erasmus students and there was a society at the uni that I went to that was for Erasmus students. So they always arranged stuff, parties. It was also um, quite a posh university. So honestly, the parties that they had, they had budget from the uni to throw like castle parties because it was connected to a campaign for a team that was then the next year running the PR stuff for the university. And apparently that is the thing that you want on your CV when you graduate from that university. And then one day we just went to uni and there was like a massive, um, what's it called? What's a hip book? Oh, um, that like, is a good like an air uh, balloon castle. Air, um, no, is it air castle thing? 
I don't know. Well, most things that kids jump on and they are full of air. And there was like a rodeo in the middle of the hall and it was crazy. <laughs> Can I just say, um, that is just in regards to university in general in comparison to school. I think university is all I ever thought school would be. When it comes <laughs> the level of wildness you will experience. Like, not to set expectations too high, but yes, it is a wild place indeed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it can be. Yeah, and then I think what I also noticed, the French system in comparison to what I had experienced in Germany was really different in terms of the amount of group work and the amount of presentations. I have never had so many presentations, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's really good because like it is with most things, the more often you do it, the better you get at it. So ever since I got back from France, I don't mind doing presentations when previously maybe I was a bit nervous. Now, it, to me, it's just, well, I'll do a presentation, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's really helped with that. And I think that's just how, um, yeah, different countries, or maybe it's not even about the country, maybe it's about the university. Um, but if you, if you just have to do different things, you'll expand your knowledge by so much and your skill set why would you say someone should go abroad in university as an Erasmus student or like international student? For everyone that doesn't know maybe as well, Erasmus is the European um, organization for exchange in university between European countries. So it's like a EU cooperation, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you also get, a, like, when you apply for it, it's basically like a scholarship. They pay your tuition fee and you also get a bit of monthly uh, spending money. Yeah, it depends. It usually depends. Maybe I can explain a bit about that. So judging from your face, you seem very surprised. Um, so, I knew they pay some things, but I didn't know they pay that much, even as, like, if you just go abroad as a student. Yeah, it depends, though. Um, the way it works is every university has basically this pot of money where that's the amount they have and then the more people apply for a study abroad semester obviously the more people they have to pay and then it also depends on the category that your country is in I think there's three and France is in the middle one so the most expensive ones would be Scandinavia and then you've got France and Oh, don't I have no idea what the others were to me France mattered <laughs> and then I think if I if I remember correctly Spain is in the lower one um so that's what they calculate your percentage on and it's not like it's not incredibly much money but it's it's really good because that is still money that you can spend on your rent that you won't have to worry about and I think that's why it's so cool because it enables it makes sure that everyone can do a study abroad even if you don't come from a wealthy home you can still do a study abroad i feel like that is the good thing about the university a study abroad i think it's much easier accessible for people with different economic backgrounds yeah i feel like with school um yes of course you can still do an ex exchange at school even if you don't have uh like even if you are from like a poorer economic background but I would say it's more tricky because you do have to do go through the whole scholarship thing and it's not as fair necessarily and it is much more effort and it can be a bit more tricky and often you don't get all money paid you just get like a certain amount paid 
like I know some friends who did get scholarships but they often only get like half of it paid or something so you still have to pay quite a bit and then obviously you've got to spend like you need money when you are abroad so I feel like all those factors kind of add to it definitely in terms of um saving up I would maybe say depending on how university handles things I know that in my undergrad I was always off for a month in February and then two months in summer so that was a lot of time that I just just do a student's holiday job and then because you're working full-time even if it's a bad wage you'll make so much money if you save that chances are good depending on obviously if you don't get the German um, equivalent of SAS so that you're student funding or student loan if you don't get that you might need to spend that money on your normal term so your Mm. rent and your food and whatever else you want to do but if you're fine with that then that is definitely a good way of saving up a bit for your study abroad semester because I know that in France um, the union I went to we had to attend every class so you didn't really you kind of didn't really get to travel that much however I think I still saw a lot Um, it's the one thing that I know that my friends, for example, usually use the weekends to, to go to the nearer cities and then stay there the weekend. And then we were off for one week in October and I think we went to Bordeaux and it was really, really good. So you do get to see a bit, but it's obviously not if you compare it to other countries or other universities where you don't have to attend the courses, you obviously have so much more time to go traveling. But I don't really see it as a bad thing because I personally think I got to know Lyon really well and maybe like you said about your um, school experience I feel like I had a proper uni experience in Lyon whereas otherwise it would have been more like a travel semester I think. I feel like that's in general a big difference often between school and uni obviously as you just pointed out not always because you had like a proper university experience but what I noticed with like Erasmus friends I made in Scotland like people that were Erasmus students in my university for a while is that they often just went traveling and they kind of got to know the culture but I didn't feel like they really got to engage as much in the culture that obviously also adds like kind of was emphasized by the point that by the two points that a Aberdeen has quite a lot of international students so they were really like easily just you know yeah it was like a bit more harder in a sense to get out of that especially if you live in accommodations because half the students there are foreign students as well and also I felt like because it was quite chill like the uni and whereas I feel like at uni it's much easier to not get too engaged so I feel like it's a bit more personal effort as well 100 percent. however i must say i missed the complete first half of what you were saying because the connection was gone oh okay i don't know if it can if it recorded then um i said that i think you just get to know the culture better when you do an exchange in school because you can't escape it because it is like you stay with a host family that is from the culture you have to school like you're constantly surrounded by people from the new culture so there's no way you not don't get to know you know the perks and good sides and all that from that culture whereas in university because you obviously live like in student accommodations and you most likely will engage with a lot of foreign students it takes a lot more personal effort to actually get to know the culture and engage more in the culture itself I think it's up to you a lot yeah you're right because I mean but I also think um, an Erasmus when you're at university might not have getting to know the culture of the country that you're in as the main focus. What I mean is, 
because it's an Erasmus and the closest people you have are usually the Erasmus people, um, you engage with many different cultures, not just the one of the country that you're in. So I think you just broaden your knowledge in general and you show that you can adapt to different backgrounds and you can make friends, but also obviously networking is a bit point, a big point in that. So um, making friends is obviously a form of networking. You get to know someone and then they are part of your personal network. That sounds really businessy, but I, get, I think you get what I mean. And I think um, that's why, that's one of the main reasons why in university it's recommended to go abroad, just so you, you learn those competencies. You show that, because I think that's, well, part of my study course was not only the study abroad semester, but also the um, internship or a placement. And it was really, well, people thought it was really, really good if you managed to do that abroad too, because then with your study abroad, you could have shown that you can um, study in a different country, adapt to the new circumstances and excel in those. Whereas with the internship, you're not only learning things, because that's what studying is mostly about, but you're also showing what you know and you're properly integrate properly integrating in a new work culture so I think that there is a slight difference between those two opportunities even though they are very similar that's I had a question before that I I feel like you just answered most of that <laughs> um but yeah I feel like we just pointed out the differences between school and uni quite well yeah and it also comes back to something we said beforehand quite a bit is which is that it also depends whether which one is better for you personally depends on what you want from your experience abroad and then obviously also if you don't have the chance of doing it in school anymore because you're already at university you know your university experience abroad also depends on what you want from it because it depends on what you make out of it yeah i think i think that totally sums it up yeah, and I think that's pretty much all we've got to say for today because I feel like we've been talking for so long, um, just throwing a lot of information out there. I hope everyone that listened could take something from this. And it wasn't too um, too much just thrown out there because I think we were a bit more like less structured today because we wanted to be a bit more like, just chatty. And yeah, we, we got the most important points out there, like how yeah. you organise things and all that. Why is it even beneficial for you? But if you do have any more questions, definitely give us a message on Instagram. Because that's what we're here for. And if you are curious to hear more in detailed stories about our experiences in school or university abroad, then I'd say tune in next week because that's when our story time is going to come online. Yay! <laughs>